Hello, my dear sinners. Welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. On this Easter Sunday, in lieu of a normal episode, I thought I'd give a bonus episode to all my listeners who have tuned in so far. And thank you so much if you had. This is, uh, as I've said before, this has been probably the most fulfilling project, endeavor I've ever done. And thank you for hopping on. For what this podcast is about, I felt weird releasing any particular guest on Easter because it seems to make some kind of statement. Plus, how do you top the Son of God coming back from death? I mean, that's sort of the crux of the matter, isn't it? That we all get hung up, I think, on on whether the, the truth of the historical reality of the Easter story actually happened. And we get hung up on the, the trappings of Easter, the, the little details, our little attachments to the ceremonies. I remember when I was a kid, around eight or nine years old, you know, my dad would, would be preaching all of the sermons for all of the Easter services. And I remember when I was eight, going, getting to go to my first ever sunrise Easter service out in some tiny North Carolina cemetery uh, with dew on the ground, and I didn't have to dress up in my regular church clothes, which normally would be like a business casual interviewed with Jesus. But no, I got to wear jeans and a, and a big puffy starter jacket. And uh, I remember also being enticed by getting to have Krispy Kreme afterward and, and not having to go to regular church if I made that sunrise one. And I remember dying Easter eggs, too, as a kid. That being a big part of tradition. I remember the Easter lunches and the Easter gatherings with family and friends that were awesome. These were the trappings of Easter for me. These sort of surface-level attachments to traditions that we call heritage. But it's not like that attachment to heritage is all that bad. It does bring you closer to your family. And we saw those friendships, those Easter meals, like over and over and over again in the years, and it gives you a continuity, and it lets you know that you do matter to each other's lives. And sometimes traditions are, are solely important so that we have an excuse to see each other again. Yeah, I don't know if you have to believe in the literalism of it at all to appreciate that I might not otherwise make enough time for my family because I'm, I can be selfish that way. The part of me that doesn't want to see my family as much because I'm focused on my career got to do things here. Sometimes I feel guilty about that. I often feel guilty about that. Or I want to completely damn that side of me and push that guy down, you know, and not let myself be motivated by anything career-related, but that that doesn't do me or my family any good. So I don't think it's a good idea to hate that part of me. Maybe he doesn't drive the show, but he's got to have a take on things. He's got to be able to to have a voice in the room when I make a decision. But so does family side me. Family side me needs to have a take too. And by God, I am glad for things like Easter and Christmas. Things that are like, all right, man, time to remember your traditions. Time to remember where you come from and honor your incarnation, and which is honoring your parents, which is honoring their incarnation and honoring what matters to them, even if it doesn't matter to me. Sometimes it's not even the point whether it matters to me. I also remember in high school one particularly contentious Easter season. I remember Passion of the Christ came out 
uh, and was released like right in Easter season during my sophomore year of high school. I remember going to see it as a youth group. And this was before Mel Gibson's voicemails were heard by everybody, and we heard his interesting takes on uh, race and gender issues, I should say. And yet, there's one thing you can always say about Mel Gibson. Between movies like Braveheart, The Patriot, We Were Soldiers, he was very good at communicating to audiences the impact of what real-world violence looks like. And few things were more painful than what women want. But I do think that's cool that even somebody who might be an angry racist does have a valuable use in this world. Because I do think it's important to communicate truth. And part of the dirty truth of the human race is our tendency towards violence. And I believe that we should take trips into these gritty, realistic movies that try to remind us this is what reality can be. Historical violence is one of the ultimate truths of the human race, that our less informed selves, our less conscious selves, our less awake selves, are prone to just physically exerting force. So it's not a surprise that we do that socially all the time either. It certainly just can be just as painful a form of violence that sends people into depressions and that we commit on them and we justify all the time. I know I do. I know I tell myself from time to time, oh, that person was mean to me or that person ignored me. So it's okay to commit this other act of violence and retaliation back. That's fucked up. I am just as complicit in this shit, man. So I think that's a cool part to remember about the Passion of the Christ is even if it didn't happen to Jesus himself, it's good that we're all intimately familiar that this is how Rome fucking killed people. Jesus... Everybody else dragged through the street holding their cross and then they have to let themselves die on it. That level of barbarism is a real part of human nature. So whether the story of Jesus was literally true, it is true, regardless of whether it happened to a guy named Jesus. I mean, it definitely happened to a guy named Jesus. At some point, there was a Jesus that that got crucified. But whatever happened, a lot of Christians and a lot of non-Christians are very hung up on whether the literal son of God died and came back to life that weekend. And I think it's like almost historically, it's been like a weird proof. Like, ah, because we have real God because he was resurrected. See, one of your gods come back from the death. Like that was an actual selling point to lots of early Christians in the Roman area. They're like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me he came back from the dead. Oh, and other people are vouching for that. Fuck. Fuck. I mean, the literal facts really mattered to those early Christians. Early Christians also threatened to excommunicate each other for wanting to celebrate Easter on just a different day. Or they get hung up on all other kind of shit, like the Easter egg stuff, the the Easter bunny stuff. It has no biblical significance. It's all shit. We symbolic shit we came up with after the fact. Um, Or they're hung up that some of the people in their church that Sunday only showed up twice that year. And they think they're just as in. They're not as in as I'm in. I'm, I'm so in in God. I'm not saying all Christians feel that. But I know that was, an, that was one aspect of it for me. But even now, for me, between Christmas and Easter, to me, I love Easter. Because it's, it's, it's about Jesus being a real dude just as much as a holy being. It's about him getting his shit wrecked and betrayed by people. 
and being helpless, being vulnerable. In the traditional Christian interpretation, it's God letting himself get his shit wrecked. The story of Jesus is saying, we're all suffering. I'm suffering. Even if you're speaking truth, even if you're speaking the most beautiful truth ever spoken on this earth before, pain is inevitable. I can relate to the crucifixion shit, man. That God suffers with us. That he feels betrayed and is betrayed too, just as we'll all be betrayed. We're all going to get betrayed in this life at some point. And we're going to have the opportunity to respond to that betrayal. And that's what we see with Jesus, man. He responds with love to all of his betrayals. He responds with love. Because sometimes love just means love them anyway. So the question is, how will I respond when the world betrays me? There's some biblical scholarship out there that suggests maybe the original interpretation of Jesus being the Son of God was off base. And instead that Jesus was a Son of God. Just like you are a Son of God or a daughter of God. We are children of God. That's what Christmas tells you. Christmas tells you that Jesus is a child of God and you are too. Easter tells you just because you're a child of God doesn't mean you're beyond pain. But because you're a child of God, the physical plane of existence is not the only plane. That your body is just a body and its death is just the death of a body. Maybe the things that can die about ourselves aren't just the physical aspects. Maybe we have to die to our old selves, die to our old friend groups, die to our parents, die to the image people have of us, die to the person other people want us to be, die to the person you thought you wanted to be. Maybe, maybe we can resurrect and transcend all those deaths and become who we really are. My friends, on this Easter, forget what the world wants you to be and make America great again. Vote for President Donald Trump. Happy Easter. Ja Rule. What's a creative podcast network?